Good morning. Welcome back to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cottrell, with more than 10 years of NCAA Division I and Division II men's basketball coaching experience, bringing you the only podcast with exclusive weekly news, scores, analysis, and insight of NCAA Division II men's basketball. This week, we had upsets in the Gulf South Conference, upsets in the Peach Belt Conference, and in the Lone Star Conference. The Central Atlantic Athletic Conference returned to play, and the top four teams in the country continued to roll. This week, in our three-part film room segment, I will break down the series of the weekend featuring number 19 Sioux Falls and upstart Minnesota State University. I'll give the listeners a new team to watch, Michigan Tech from the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, as well as the finer details of this week's Bonafide Basketball Podcast player to watch from Lindenwood University, TJ Crockett. He is the nation's leading scorer, 26.2 points per game. If you're enjoying the Bonafide Basketball Podcast, the news, the content, the insight, the analysis, be sure to like, subscribe, and download the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Anchor. This is the Top 25 Tip-Off, a recap of scores and highlights this week from the Top 25 teams in the NABC Division II Coaches Poll. Programs not in action this week included number 5, West Texas A&M, number 8, Truman State, number 12, Alabama Huntsville, number 18, Point Loma, number 20, Queens University of Charlotte, number 21, St. Thomas Aquinas, number 24, and new to the national poll, Lee University, and finally, number 25, Fairmont State. Not much changed with this week's NABC D2 Top 25 poll released on Tuesday. No surprises. Number one, Colorado School of the Mines remained on top in that poll. And on Saturday, they defeat Adams State after 25 days without a game. Colorado School of the Mines did not miss a beat, winning 86-70, winning their ninth straight game this season. Austin Means had a double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, plus 4 assists two steals, and one block, an all-around performance from the 6'8 junior. Mines also saw Brendan Sullivan drop 16 points with Michael Gwen, Kobe Betts, and Ben Boone getting into double digits. The number one team in the country back in action later tonight against Regis. Number two, Northern State University, once again behind Parker Fox and Mason Stark, won their 18th and 19th games in a row against Minnesota Duluth to move to 10-0 overall. Northern State now 8-0 in the Northern Sun. Stark and Fox have been the leaders all season long, but sophomore Tommy Chapman is quietly coming into his own. Last five games, Chapman is averaging 13 points per game, four rebounds per game becoming a consistent third scorer for the Wolves. A majority of attention continues to be focused on on Fox and Stark, but Chapman is showing the ability, you know, he's shown he can go for 20. He also lets the game come to him if Fox and Stark uh, are playing well. You know, as they face different coverages and get more attention, continue to keep an eye on Tommy Chapman, averaging 13 points per game, four rebounds per game, and becoming a consistent third scorer for Northern State. 
At number three, Northwest Missouri State proved why they are one of the top programs in the country year in and year out on Thursday night. Last week, we discussed Ryan Hawkins' emergence following the upset and foul out versus Washburn a few weeks ago. On Thursday night, Hawkins was a star. His tip-in with less than one second to go gave Northwest Missouri State the win over Lincoln, Missouri, which also happens, you know, also happens to have a really good player in Ty Witt, and, and Lincoln is really good. They win 76-74. My good friend John McCarthy tweets about this all the time. You know, the best programs, the best teams do a couple of things religiously. They defend at a really high level, individually and as a team. They run the floor, and they run the floor really hard. They sprint in offensive and defensive transition, and they compete every single possession. Thursday night, after a defensive stop with five seconds to go, Trevor Hudgens, the point guard for Northwest, raced down the floor, missed a layup, only to be tipped in by Hawkins with less than a second to play. Defending, running the floor, competing every single possession in a microcosm, those are the traits that make great teams consistently great. And on Saturday, Northwest Missouri State was just dominant. They go out and they defeated Central Missouri 80-37 on the road. Number four, Lincoln Memorial tested this week, and wow, did they respond. Monday night, LMU ran away from Mars Hill. Uh, then they would get together on Wednesday with South Atlantic Conference foe and geographical rival Carson Newman. Newman pushed Lincoln Memorial to the brink. They held the rail splitters to only seven made threes, their worst field goal percentage of the season, and their lowest point total of the season. Newman held preseason All-Americans Cam Henry and Devin Whitfield to a combined 19 points. But as we've talked about all season, LMU's depth of talent sets them apart. This proved to be the case on Wednesday. Off the bench, Xavier Bledson had 27 points for LMU, who would go on to win 70-59 against Carson Newman. And then Saturday, LMU went on the road playing Wingate and absolutely responded with a 108-79 victory, their seventh straight win. LMU was led by Devin Whitfield, 28 points, Cam Henry, 25 points, and a double-double from Jordan Guest, 21 points, 10 rebounds. In that game, nine players scored for Lincoln Memorial. One of the upsets around the country, the number six team in the nation, Colorado Mesa, got an overtime victory on Friday night over Fort Lewis, 74-72 on a Reese Johnson bucket. Ethan Menzies recorded his second straight double-double, 19 points and 12 rebounds with Georgie Dancer going off for 26 points. But Saturday, Mesa suffered their first setback of the season, losing to Western Colorado, 78-72. The Mesa loss leaves Colorado School of the Mines at the top of the RMAC and the last remaining undefeated team in the conference. Western Colorado got 24 points from Matthew Ragsdale, 17 points from Cole Skinnett in the upset. Mesa is now 11-1 on the season. Number seven, Findlay University continues to roll, winning Thursday and Saturday this week, their fourth and fifth straight victories. Anthony Masterlasco and Nathan Burns were great for Findlay. Masterlasco put together back-to-back 12-point performances. Burns had 16 and 10 points respectively. But the guy that really makes Findlay go, point guard Tommy Schmack. He impacts the game in so many ways. This week, he averaged 10 points and six assists per game. He gets the ball to the right guys. 
He delivers it on target, on time, and he's proven he has an ability to make shots. He can score when he is called upon, but he's also a great playmaker. He controls their pace. You know, Finley is really well coached. They're very well balanced. They are really fun to watch. And and those guards, and we've talked about guard play all year long, Master Lasco, Schmack, you know, they just kind of control the tempo, and Finley will continue to get better, I think, as we go down the line. Upset alert in the Mountain East Conference. Number nine, West Liberty, lost on Wednesday to upstart West Virginia State, 196. West Virginia State got double doubles from Anthony Pittman, 28 and 12, and Jeremiah Moore, 26 and 14, to defeat West Liberty. Then on Saturday, Charleston, a team to watch in the Mountain East and 18th in the preseason poll, handed West Liberty their third straight defeat, 78-74. Charleston was led by Lamont McManus and Eddie Colbert, both with 18 points. Keith Williams added 15 points. West Lib, now 4-3 in the Mountain East Conference. Number 10, Mercyhurst, rolling, wins this week over American International. They have won six straight and by an average of 23 and a half points per victory. Number 11, Dallas Baptist. Just like some others outside of the top four this week, Dallas Baptist was bitten by the upset monster. But it's really not an upset. You know, first of all, the Lone Star Conference is so freaking good. And number two, Division II basketball is so freaking good. You know, and third, in this kind of season, with back-to-back games, unbalanced scheduling, like, what do we expect, right? Dallas Baptist split this weekend with UT Permian Basin, who is really good. They were featured on the Bonafide Basketball Podcast as a team to watch previously. Friday night, Permian Basin got the overtime win over Dallas Baptist. And Saturday, Dallas Baptist would bounce back, winning 91-74. Dallas Baptist now 10-2. and Number 13, Washburn also fell victim to upset this week. But again, is it really an upset in the loaded MIAA? Arguably, two of the best conferences in the country, the MIAA and the Lone Star Conference, you know, they account for a majority of the upsets in the top 25. Washburn split their week with a win over Newman on Thursday and a very close loss to Central Oklahoma on Saturday, 74-72. Central Oklahoma was led by Isaiah Wade's double-double, 21 points, 18 rebounds, But can we talk about how good Tyler Diamond is playing from Washburn? Like in Saturday's loss, he had 32 points, a career high. He had six assists, seven rebounds, three steals. Then Thursday night, he had 20 points. Guard play this year has been incredible and so entertaining. Number 14, Lubbock Christian. Back-to-back games this week over Midwestern State in the Lone Star Conference. Back-to-back wins, moving their record to an unblemished 10-0. Lubbock Christian survived the second-half push in the fir- in the game on Saturday against Midwestern State. They won in overtime, led by Parker Hicks, 19 points, and Tyler Caswell, 17 points. LCU won 83-82, but keep an eye out for Midwestern State. They are really good, and they are getting better every time out in the loaded Lone Star Conference. Number 15, Hillsdale, also rolling. Back-to-back wins this week in the great Midwest Athletic Conference against Lake Erie and Ohio Dominican. Patrick Cartier had a double-double on Thursday night, 23 points, 10 rebounds. Then Saturday has a game-high, 29 points. Number 16, Valdosta State got struck with a split this weekend, a common theme across the board in the top 25. Friday night, West Georgia handed Valdosta State their third straight loss, 
even with Burke Putnam going for a season-high 25 points. Then Saturday, Valdosta State responded, defeating West Georgia 71-61 behind a really good defensive effort. They limit West Georgia to 32% from the field. Jacoby Owens had 13 points. Muhammad Fafna had 13 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists off the bench for Valdosta. Tough day for St. Edwards, number 17 on Sunday. After being postponed against number 5 West Texas A&M, they faced off against Angelo State last night. Lost in a tight game, 68-65. Angelo State got an and-one layup with less than two seconds remaining from Kevon Godwin to win the game, handing St. Edwards their third loss of the year. In the Northern Sun Conference, number 19 Sioux Falls would split with Minnesota State University. More on those games in just a moment once we get to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast film room. One more team to talk about from the Lone Star Conference, the fifth team in the NABC Top 25 Coaches Poll from the LSC is number 22, Texas A&M Kingsville. And this week, they scored back-to-back wins against Cameron, their eighth and ninth straight victories. Will Shire, Jake Majors, both set career highs on Saturday afternoon in the 77-63 victory. Will Shire had 21 points, grabbed nine rebounds. Jake Majors had 16 points. He made four threes. Kingsville is now 11-1 overall. Rounding out the top 25 teams in action this week, number 23, Missouri Western of the Mid-American Intercollegiate Athletic Association went on the road in back-to-back games after being paused for two weeks, lost to Central Missouri and to Lincoln. Central Missouri had a nine-point lead at halftime, was able to hang on for the 70-64 win over Missouri Western, led by Cameron Hunter with 16 points. On Saturday, Lincoln, Missouri, defeated Missouri Western 95-74. Lincoln got 28 points and 8 rebounds from Cy Witt, while Cameron Potts recorded 11 assists and 8 rebounds for Lincoln. 11 assists. That's incredible. Missouri Western and Lincoln, Missouri are both 8-4 in the MIAA. On to the sixth-man storylines. Six of the best facts figures, performances, and stories you may have missed from NCAA Division II men's basketball. First, let's begin by wrapping up January and getting into February by celebrating the remaining undefeated teams in NCAA Division II men's basketball. After playing a minimum of five games, only five teams are undefeated. Number one in the country, Colorado School of the Mines. Number two, Northern State University. Number 10, Mercyhurst number 14, Lubbock Christian, and unranked Glenville State. Keep an eye on these five teams. The second storyline you got to know. On Monday last week, the Central Atlantic Collegiate Conference, the CACC, announced their preseason basketball coaches poll. No surprise at the top, Dominican, the back-to-back conference champion, was picked first. The CACC started their season on Thursday. Dominican is 2-0 after winning Thursday and Saturday. They are a team to watch in the Northeast. Number three, following suit with the MIAA, the South Atlantic Conference announced their men's basketball tournament format for 2021. This year's format in the SAC includes all 13 teams. Games will be played at higher seeds throughout the tournament, beginning with the opening round on Saturday, February 27th. The top three teams will receive a bye to the quarterfinals. All games will be played at the Higher Seeds campus site. Similarly, the Northern State Intercollegiate Athletic Conference made 
the same type of announcement. Top four teams in each division will advance to the conference tournament. They'll have an eight-team playoff in their championship. Number four, earlier in the week, Adam Dorsky from Southeast Oklahoma State became the all-time career leader in assists for the Great American Conference. Dorsky has a career 617 assists this season. He is averaging seven assists per game. In Saturday's win, Dorsky recorded a double-double, 10 points, 11 assists. That dude shares the ball. Fifth storyline of the week, Michigan Tech guard Dawson Bliskey. At the onset of the week in Michigan Tech's win over Northern Michigan, Dawson became the 30th player in Michigan Tech history to reach 1,000 points in his career. Bilski finished with 13 points, 4 rebounds. This season, Bilski is averaging 13 points per game, 4 rebounds per game, while shooting 31% from the 3-point line. Congrats to Dawson. More on Michigan Tech later in this episode as they are the team to watch this week in our film room series. And finally, last but not least, on Saturday night for the first time in Kentucky Wesleyan's storied program, they defeated Walsh. Kentucky Wesleyan has one of the richest histories in NCAA Division II basketball, so this victory over Walsh is a milestone. Also in the historic win, senior Zach Hopewell knocked down his 103 pointer in his career at Kentucky Wesleyan. Hopewell is averaging 14 points per game and three rebounds per game for the Panthers, who are now 7 and 4 overall and 6 and 4 in the GMAC. Welcome into the Bonafide Basketball Podcast Film Room, a three-part series breaking down some of the best teams and players from this week in NCAA Division II men's basketball. Let's jump right into part one with our series of the weekend. This week's matchup featured number 19 Sioux Falls traveling to Menko, Minnesota to play back-to-back games against Minnesota State. I talked about Minnesota State on the January 11th episode, you know, four weeks ago. I talked about them as a team to watch. They have not let us down. Minnesota State entered the weekend 6-2. Number 19 in the country, Sioux Falls, was unblemished at 4-0, entering the game on Saturday. And Minnesota State jumped out to a 10-4 lead very quickly behind the explosive guard play they have. They extended their lead to 35-27 at the half. They never looked back. Minnesota State went on an 18-6 run at halftime to push their lead to 53-33 after the first four minutes. That 18-6 run was keyed by the explosive guard play. Thedford, Willingham, Anderson all had a hand in that run. And, you know, you know, Minnesota State is explosive. They are explosive offensively with their guards. They're also explosive defensively. Their length and ability to switch and keep the ball in front is elite. Minnesota State switched. They guarded the ball. They contested shots. They secured first shot rebounds in the second half, made great outlets, and then those guards attacked in transition. They did a great job defending the post. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Minnesota State forward Kelby Kramer sprints the floor in transition, getting rim run layups and dunks. We've talked about that, how important it is, you know, to transition from offense to defense and vice versa. Elite bigs can change a game when they run the floor hard. Even though Sioux Falls grabbed 19 offensive rebounds, yes, you heard me right, 19 offensive rebounds, they only shot 28% from the game. 
Credit the length, credit the athleticism on the perimeter of Minnesota State. Also credit Minnesota State's commitment to defending the post and taking away Sioux Falls leading scorer, Keith Loach Paul. He had just five points. I thought Minnesota State did a great job of limiting his scoring opportunities. Their combination of great defense, outstanding guard play from Devontae Thedford, a point guard who can really attack the paint. He sprays the ball to shooters like Quincy Anderson, Malik Willingham. That makes Minnesota State an explosive offensive team. In the second half Saturday, that explosive offense went for 55 points. They connected on 51% of their shot attempts. Strong game from pop forward Ryland Holt forced Sioux Falls to match up uncomfortably on the perimeter. Sioux Falls had no answer for Holt, who had 17 points, three made three-pointers. His versatility caused you know, matchup problems kind of throughout the game for Sioux Falls. Quincy Anderson had 21 points. Minnesota State handed Sioux Falls its first loss of the season Saturday afternoon, 90-59. Sunday afternoon, different story. Sunday's game was physical. The intensity was definitely turned up. Both sides, both coaches, you know, and I thought Sioux Falls came out and they responded, especially on the defensive end. On Sunday, Sioux Falls, the best defensive team in the Northern Sun and the best rebounding team in the Northern Sun, held Minnesota State to only 41% from the field. They got at the shooters of the three-point line with high hands. They contested everything. They limited Minnesota State to eight threes. They had allowed 11 on Saturday. Energy and effort from Sioux Falls on film, noticeably better on Sunday afternoon especially the way they pursued the basketball. Sioux Falls out-rebounded Minnesota State 42-24. And Keith Coat Paul was a monster, securing 14 rebounds. Off the bench, Wesley Oba grabbed 10 rebounds. He had two blocks. Again, the physicality, the energy on the defensive end stood out for Sioux Falls on Sunday afternoon. And especially in the second half. In Sunday afternoon's game, Sioux Falls made a commitment to get the ball into the paint offensively. Whether it be off the post feed to Paul or from the drive by sophomore guard Jack Thompson. Yesterday afternoon, Jack Thompson would not be denied. He was not going to allow Sioux Falls to lose. Forward Teethless Paul was determined to score in the paint. He played much more physically, he was much more assertive. You know, at the end of the day, those two players uh, had the option. You know, to play off the ball screen, Thompson plays off the ball screen from forwards. Uh, Paul and Oba, the floor is spaced out for him to attack. He got pieces of the paint. With that floor spacing and attacking guards, you know, there's room now to reverse the ball. They throw it into the big. And Paul was assertive. He made moves where he actually went towards the basket. He, he got to the free throw line. And with, with four minutes to play, the game is tied at 62. Uh, Thompson and Paul at this point take over. On back-to-back possessions, Thompson got downhill, scoring consecutive buckets, extending the lead 66-62. And then after two stops, Sioux Falls throwed into teeth coach Paul on the left block. Paul scored at the rim. He gives Sioux Falls the lead 68-62. He was 11-16 from the field. He was assertive offensively. 
With isolations on the block, he attacked switches in the two-man game with the ball screens for Thompson. You know, they went to him and Paul delivered. He also had eight offensive rebounds, none bigger than the tip-in with less than a minute to go in the game, going up 70-62, putting the game out of reach and securing the victory for Sioux Falls, 74-62. Minnesota State had no answer for the combination of Paul and Thompson yesterday afternoon. Takeaways for each team first, Minnesota State. I love how Minnesota State is competing so hard and so consistently on the defensive end. With only one senior on their roster, that's a sign of a very disciplined, very mature, very well-coached team. Minnesota State is versatile offensively and defensively. They are long on the perimeter. They're so athletic. Wings and guards, 6-2 or bigger. Collectively, the third best team in the Northern Sun on the defensive end. They allow 41% from the field, only behind Sioux Falls and Northern State. Offensively, Minnesota State also extremely versatile. They're led in scoring by Quincy Anderson, 17 points per game, 44% from three. Malik Willingham averages 12 points per game, and he shoots 47% from three. Ryland Holt is averaging 10 points per game. Inside out forward has to become more consistent, but he has proven he can score in bunches. Their veteran point guard, Junior Devante Thedford, gets the ball into the paint and he makes plays. He's explosive driving the ball, puts pressure on the rim. He sprays it to find shooters. It's nice because Thedford gets in the paint and there are guys that can make threes around him. Minnesota State has a nice combination of depth and talent. They're versatile on both sides of the ball and they are young. If Holt becomes really consistent scoring the ball and freshman Brady Williams becomes more consistent with, with Kelby Kramer you know, in the post, Minnesota State could be dangerous going forward. They are definitely a team to watch in the Northern Sun. My takeaway for Sioux Falls, man, oh man, do they defend. Like their guards on the ball, they just lock you up. And, and they have Paul protecting the rim. He is so good defensively. He moves his feet. He challenges everything. You know, I think that Saturday was a combination of Minnesota State shooting the ball really well and Sioux Falls just not quite defending like normal, maybe because they were on the road. But I love the way that their forwards protect the rim. Wesley Oba, Paul, they challenge everything with their hands straight back. Thompson, Hewton, Grind, those guards all defend the perimeter. They're one of the most balanced, disciplined defensive teams out there. Sioux Falls wins with defense and post play. They throw the ball into Paul. He's their leading scorer at 14 points per game. They play around ball screens from him, from Austin Slater. And with those two bigs, Jack Thompson has the opportunity to drive the ball off screens to attack the paint. Big defenders are occupied. He's averaging 13 points per game, just about all at the rim. Guards Thompson and Chase Grind, 10, you know, Grind's 10 points per game. They both get downhill. They both put pressure on the rim. And I really like, I really like Troy Houghton. He's a versatile guard. He plays inside and out. But my question with Sioux Falls, can they make enough twos to keep up with teams and make threes? Uh, they have really good guards. They play to the third side offensively. They create driving lanes, opportunities to score at the rim for their guards, score at the rim for their posts. But in 2021, can they make enough twos? I really like Sioux Falls. I think they're going to continue to get better as the year goes on. If they start to stretch the defense and stretch the floor, I think you're going to see a big change in, in their scoring and see them evolve into a top 15, top 10 program. I really like Sioux Falls out of the Northern Sun. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast 
team to watch is Michigan Tech out of the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Prior to this weekend, Michigan Tech had won five straight entering their series against Ferris State, but suffered back-to-back losses this weekend. Now, let's take a look at Michigan Tech. They run five-out motion. They post their guards. The ball moves side-to-side really well. Uh, Michigan Tech plays from the third side really consistently. One thing all of these really good teams do is reverse the ball, and Michigan Tech is no exception. They're led by Owen White, lefty guard, scores at all three levels. They do a nice job of creating opportunities for uh, White to post. They post feed him. They split cut off it. He has a nice handle. He creates his own shot. He gets to the mid-range. He makes threes. Uh, He's he's shooting 43% from beyond the arc. Owen White averaging 21 points per game, seven rebounds per game. He is their guy. Point guard Carter Johnson makes Michigan Tech go. He is a great passer. He delivers the ball on time, on target to his scores. Carter has the ability to drive. He plays from the jump stop in the paint. He finds shooters like White, like Eric Carl, who's 49% from three. Uh, You know, so Carter is a really good point guard for that five out system where the ball's got to be delivered on time. It's got to be entered efficiently. You got to be able to catch square, get to the paint, make a play. I really like the way that he handles their offense. I do think the glue guy for Michigan Tech is forward Trent Bell. He's averaging 13 points per game, seven rebounds per game, and he can drive it both ways. He's a really difficult matchup on the perimeter for bigger players because of his ability to get by, because of his ability to shoot from three. You know, he's 30% from three, just good enough for you got to be connected to him. He finishes with his right and his left hand. He posts, and he's got a really quick leap. Like, he gets to his spot in the paint, leaves the ground, and he finishes at the rim. Offensively, Michigan Tech is well-balanced. They play inside out. They play with drivers and shooters. They're really disciplined in how they reverse the ball, how they handle pressure. Um, You know, how they handle pressure, I think, will be the question they have to answer after watching them struggle a little bit against Ferris State this weekend. The length of Ferris State, the pressure on the ball, um, you know, I think think that's going to help Michigan Tech to improve going forward in that area offensively. Defensively, Michigan Tech is man-to-man. They're playing in their gaps, not a lot of switching. They gap screens. They drop coverage against the ball screen. And, and this you know, this scheme, this five-out motion, the defensive schemes of playing in the gaps, getting through everything, uh, it makes them a really tough team to beat because Michigan Tech, you know, they're hard to guard. They make you defend to the third, fourth, fifth side. They make you defend the pass and the drive. And then they take really good shots. They're patient. But also defensively, they're in the right spot. They're in their health. They're in their gaps. They're solid and disciplined at both ends. I really like Michigan Tech going forward. I think they'll get better after this weekend. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast, player to watch from Lindenwood University is TJ Crockett. As of this morning, Crockett is leading the country in points per game, 26.2 points. Lindenwood is 7-7. They just got an overtime victory over Southwest Baptist, 91-90 in GLVC play. Let's take a look at TJ Crockett. He is a scoring guard. He is a pure scorer, and he scores at all three levels. He gets to the rim. He's got a great mid-range game, and he can shoot the ball from beyond the arc. He makes threes, and and one thing that I like about his ability to shoot is whenever defenders press up on him, 
he does a nice job uh, with his length of getting the ball up over his head. He's got a really high release point. That length also allows him to cover ground and get to the rim. He shields his body against contact. So like his length is one of his best attributes. Uh, he's really explosive in the half court. Again, he covers ground. He has a high release point. Crockett is averaging 1.2 points per possession, according to Synergy. He is fourth in the country in the Division II level, scoring off of dribble handoffs at one and a half points per possession. When he comes off a handoff, he has the ability to stop on a dime and pull up behind the, 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 the giver. He has a, the ability to stop on a dime after a bounce and pull up in the mid-range. He also, you know, he gathers himself when he pulls up. He does a nice job of really gathering the basketball, gathering his balance, and rising up. Again, his high release point allows him to make shots at the perimeter and at the rim. I really like how uh, off the ball screen, Crockett is in attack mode. You know, he attacks the ball screen defense with a really tight handle against hedges, against traps. And in all the clips I've seen, he has yet to settle against a switch. That's a great lesson for younger players. TJ Crockett, when he goes against the ball screen, he's got a tight handle, you know, it's below his waist because he's getting trapped or he's getting hard hedged. But he also has the ability to recognize the switch and then you know, put his head down and attack. He does not settle when there's a big coming out to guard him off the ball screen. It's a great lesson for younger players. When there's a big out there and there's a switch, attack. Don't settle you know, for a pull-up. Don't settle for a three. Get to the rim when you have the advantage. Lindenwood does a nice job of moving the ball and moving Crockett around. They post him. They get him off cuts, staggers, and down screens. Keep an eye on TJ Crockett and Lindenwood in the GLVC. Player to watch this week in NCAA Division II men's basketball. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast for weekly episodes and interviews. Please share the Bonafide Basketball Podcast with your family, friends, anyone with a genuine interest in NCAA Division II men's basketball. You can follow the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn for the latest news, scores, insight, and analysis. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast episodes.